The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to uh, Fofop. Welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, joining me, guest Charlie, uh, hasn't been on the podcast for a while. We've just been having real life podcasts. Oh, all, yeah. Basically, we've been having conversations together that you guys didn't get to hear,、uh, but now we're back in your ears because you know Justin has gigs to plug. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I've missed you. Oh, and he's and he's missed yeah, you. But、I'd、please go and see your shows in Perth starting tomorrow. I'd be wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> and we're coming from my place in Sydney, which is this is a new thing for us as well. Yeah, this is the first time, and we'll get to that in a second. The、mm. fact that we're recording, and you know what the interesting thing is,、yeah. I think already dynamically,、yep. is that、um, we are. A long way away from each other. Oh, a long way. Well, I mean, we're probably not that much further than we're close emotionally. I think when we see, also you're eating grapes like you're fucking Caesar or something. Look, let me put it this way: something happened on New Year's Eve that you got to witness, and it's all led to grapes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically,、um, let's get to the thing we just watched first, so we can have an immediate reactions, and then we'll get back、mm. to you moving to Sydney, and、yeah. we'll get back to the fact that you know what? Now that I look at us, I. It's the weird. It's the way the couches are shaped.、Mm. We're not that far apart from each other in a way that we would normally be sitting on the、uh, armchairs at the back of my house.、Yeah. But because those chairs are closer together, it physically. Anyway, this is boring this, for people. No, home, no, no. It feels for, like we're further away. For people who would like to kind of、uh, visualise it a little. I mean,、bit. that's why I was giving people a bit of a sense. Like,、yeah. I've never really described that much what the podcast like. No.、So. But、Sounds anyway, intimate. This is different. Well, the if for the people listening, if、uh, picture、uh, the end of two thousand one by Kubrick, and you know the bit、uh, right at the very end when he's hallucinating all those places that have been created、uh, in his mind by the aliens. It's a little bit like that, but crossed with、uh, stuff in it.、Uh, imagine I was a seventeen-year-old kid who came fifth on Australian Idol and. Got a song that went to number three, and his parents let him have all his money. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle. I mean, sometimes you just get that sense of a place where you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it does. It looks like the guy who was like, 'Oh my god, I've never had this much money in my life,' and then went, 'Oh, actually, you know what? It's not that much money. Yeah. So I've got. Oh, he's not even sure. He's just, 'Oh, Mike, I've just made seventeen thousand. Right. Let's go. Yeah, that's.'" <laughs> Oh, I w- we can never spend all of this, <laughs> right?、Any、it was like when I was staying in Edinburgh,、uh, <laughs> my flat in Edinburgh,、uh, which you went to.、Yeah. I always felt like that was like a guy who was like had just got a good couple of years on the professional tennis circuit,、yeah. like a Scottish tennis player who、yeah. maybe like maybe even was like number one, number two in doubles, or like、yeah. made like top sort of thirty in the world for a while. Once made the quarters at Queens, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, probably made like even the quarters, but unexpectedly at like a major. Oh and, right! Like had just like a period of time and got this like sweet like you know penthouse pad in the middle of like Edinburgh just off the Royal Mile. Yeah. But then like things had not been so good since. No.、Then. Maybe even really young, he squeezed out 
uh, a semi-final appearance, but in that way when you go sometimes like, oh, who are the, in the semis of the Australian Open? Oh, well, it's Federer versus Djokovic and yep. Nadal versus some other dude. Right. He was some other dude. <laughs> he was some other dude. He was that year's some other dude. Yeah. And in Scotland... That's number one. That was number one. Until Murray came along. Well, yeah. He's furious at Murray. Right. Yeah. And he hates Andy Murray. <laughs> that was another thing that I realised about the apartment. It just had this feeling of a guy who really hated Andy Murray. <laughs> right. There was a lot of pictures of Andy Murray with his eyes poked out and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Weird pictures of him with his mum and he's put a love heart over it. Uh, in, in retrospect, there was just a lot of him scrawling, I hate Andy Murray on the wall. Yeah. So that, that could have been a sign now spent, that I put it together. I spent too long trying to read into it when I should have just read it. Right. Yeah. It was literal. He didn't realise. He was like, I should get that off for the Airbnb, but fuck it. Yeah, people got to know. People just got to know that I hate Andy Murray. They got to know. I once, I once made the semis of something. I won. I won Scotland uh, the Group B Davis Cup. Right. Yeah. Against Bangladesh, mate. Against against fucking Bangladesh. Scotland's greatest day. Yeah. <laughs> when him and Andy Murray had to play in doubles together. Yeah. But oh. he but he really won the game and he's been resentful of that ever since. Yeah, yeah. But Andy Murray went on to greatness, but it was really him on that day who was better than Murray. Andy got his service broken every set. Every set. Every set. And he didn't lose his won. service once. Yeah. That's how good he was. And then this guy. Yeah, whatever his name is. Chocolate Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> So he was like, I even have like a really Scottish name. Andy Murray doesn't sound Scottish. Oh, he's furious. Yeah. He was like... <laughs> My name is Jock McScottish. Yeah, Jock McSclosh Sclosh. <laughs> it doesn't get any more Scottish than that. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> There's a, you know, the, it's always actually a really funny thing, uh, and especially with people that you're good friends with, and this comes out of left of centre, but you know when you just discover someone has an irrational hatred for someone that doesn't really make sense. Case in point, I remember years ago, my uncle, who is such a gentle guy and such a lovely man, he had an, a weird hatred of Shane Porteous in uh, a country practice. Country practice. Right. Who's a, for, for overseas friends, is uh, like that was a long-running soap, and this was like, he was just a nice guy. He Hang on now, nothing. was Shane Porteous married to... Uh uh, Molly, were they the couple? Yeah. And when Molly died, he was her yeah. husband when Molly died, right? He, you know, he was almost the closest you got to a BJ Honeycutt. Right. Uh, yeah, to, he was a... to, to Grant, Grant Dodwell's Benjamin Pierce. Right. I uh, know I liked, I liked those guys. That was a yeah. great dynamic. They were big for a while. They were really big. They yeah. got a spin-off show that lasted a few oh, episodes. Oh, what was that called? Yeah, so was it, was, it called? It was produced by the guy that made the semis of that tennis game. <laughs> <laughs> I told him not to go with whatever his name is. I said, there's just something that's not right. Didn't it have some pun name? Wasn't it called something like, do you remember what that show was called? Um, oh, I wish I could remember. I really wish I was Charlie Clawson then. Yeah, the human <laughs> internet, we need him. Or have, actually internet, but that's fine. We I'd have can... abs, uh, a jawline, and a keen sense of Australian TV. Uh, he has some abs. Like, I mean, you were, you were joking before about the idea that on New Year's Eve something happened. Yeah. And, uh, it's made you change your health perspective for the 2016. Oh, mate. It was, it, it's, it's called turning a negative into a positive. Right. <laughs> Putting a, 
putting a spin on something, right? Without a doubt. And what I love is we didn't speak about it on the night, but what I enjoyed was like about a week later, you just kind of very casually admitted, look, I know you got lost in yourself there and I did my best to bring you back. And I was like, yeah, man, thanks. I lost you for 45 minutes. Oh, we were I was having gone. quite a delightful time sitting oh, by the time. pool. We'd watch the fireworks. We are having quite a great time. I cooked yeah. dinner, so I feel partly responsible. Right. And not adding too much to this uh, conversation to give anything away, but at some point I became more than an idea. Right. <laughs> I'd like to think you just hulked up. Yeah, That's all, like, all I'd like to think it is. But anyway, whatever happened, and we don't have to dwell on details, oh, God. but it was a turning point for you. It was a moment. Was. It was one of those moments where you had a revelation, and I saw it, yeah. and you went away for a while, Justin. I had to uh, you know, just go into my man cave and come back a bit of hammock. Right, and it was me and you sitting on my favourite chairs that are going to get thrown out. Oh, I love those chairs so much. Well, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a bit devo as well. Right, so they were originally inside chairs. They weren't. They were secondhand chairs uh, for, in the first place, and they came to us, uh, and <laughs> and I was a bit sceptical about them. Seven or eight years ago, a bit sceptical. Yeah. Amy's been buying things off the internet secondhand, yeah. and I'm like, what's going to go on with these chairs? That's how good, uh, that's how true love should start, a little right. bit uncertain. And then... Uh, they got to the house and they looked pretty good in the house. They were like, they've kind of got wooden like arms and they, they sit down quite low and they've got this kind of like, I don't know, what is it? Like, it was kind of like a pinky, purpley, maroony velvet sort of like. Man, it was straight from 1977. Crazy old school, great. weird looking chairs. Like you could imagine going over your auntie and uncle's house and they've still got it in pristine condition. And if they do have a new set of them, please get in contact with me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, they're comfy chairs. Uh, they're also great chairs for cats and dogs and stuff to, you know, chew on and like, you know, scratch. And so over the years, those chairs, you know, they saw a lot of action, both, you know, from me sitting on it, but also from the animals. And yeah. it got to the point where it was time for the chairs to not be in the house anymore. Yeah. But the chairs didn't leave, Justin. They Why just went they? out onto the back veranda. Yeah. And I've been sitting on those chairs out by my swimming pool, uh, having some of my favorite conversations that I've ever had in my life in those chairs. But they are not outdoor chairs. And now no. the weather has taken its toll on those chairs and they've become dangerous. The the, the wooden arms have spikes coming out spikes. of them now. There's, yeah. I mean, there is a real, like, even to sit in them now, there's like, I have to put towels over them. Yeah. There's a whole production. You yeah. need to let them go. They need to go to the farm and run free with other chairs, you know, but. <laughs> That's funny you went with chairs. In my head, I was thinking there were a couple of sweet ass hobos that let us sit on them now and again. Oh, like by the side of the road. I yeah. would love for them to be like yeah. homeless chairs. Yeah. Like if other people could get like <laughs> happiness out of like coming, again, it, it would probably deteriorate pretty quickly. Like if you're leaving them outside, like in that regard, they're really going to go downhill quickly. But yeah. if there was like some time in between that people could get the same joy from those chairs I have, I would, I would love nothing more than that. You know or this- to be honest, I'd, I'd be happy enough to put them on my front lawn and then just like when I'm waiting, like today when I was waiting for my Uber, oh, yeah. I could just go out there so- and sit on my lawn chair. That'd be great. On the nature strip. You know they'd be gone <laughs> seven minutes <laughs> by the time you put them out there. You know, there's, there's, there's some real men out there that have some skills that we have no ideas about, oh, and yeah, I reckon yeah. they could take them and, you know, give it a little sand, give it a little varnish, give it a little pump up. <sighs> Boom. You know what? I feel like there was a point where that definitely could have been the case, but I feel like maybe this would be have to be... Like, you know what? You could get a chair back that looked like that chair, mm. but original parts-wise... There wouldn't be much of that. Like, it'd be that classic dilemma of is it even the original chair? Like, if you have, if you have a broom and you replace the handle, uh, and then the the broom bit wears out and you replace the broom. Yeah. Is, is that still the original broom? Right. Because we're getting into some you know prestige I mean? shit here. This is what's going on. But that's one chair goes down, is, one chair appears. Is it still the broom? 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's still your broom. It's definitely yours. But it's not the original broom. There is nothing remaining of the original broom. And, yeah. and I feel like that's what it might like be with these chairs. And might not be the you're same. Like, it may not be the same. Might be better. I mean, it might be better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would be because it'd be less stabby for a start. Right. I reckon, like, if they got it close enough and it didn't stab me, that'd probably push it ahead, to be honest. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Like, you have to really think about how you're going to get out of those chairs. Like, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't get up suddenly. One of my favourite things about them, and I think, again, this is, like, something that is, like, why I love these chairs so much, is part of that makes me sit in them longer. Yeah. And you actually really... You don't just get up. What you end up doing... And it's often... Like, I'll, if I'm going to sit in the chair, I'll have already got everything that I need. You know, if I want to have a drink or if I want to do something else or if I want to, like, read my book or if I want to have some, like, music, listen to the cricket or if I want to have a conversation... All that's kind of been lined up, yeah. you know, because you know that once you get in that chair, you're not going to just be wanting to get up and down all the time. Yeah. So it's part of it. I think that's the case. And I've, I, like, I've had parties at my house where, like, I had one one night. It was just like a surprise party, like, f- to me, the <laughs> homeowner. Uh, <laughs> people just turn up. Turns out heaps of other people knew about it. But I was sitting on my chair out the back by myself with the dogs. And then uh, Jem and Charlie brought some friends over. Oh, after right, a, right. Like, it was an after party after yeah. a work thing. And Amy knew it was going to happen. It wasn't... But I just... It, for whatever reason the idea that this thing was going to happen had passed me by. Yeah. And then all these people came into my house and had this party, and I just didn't really leave my chair. Yeah. I just sat in my chair. Yeah. And people would come by and say hello and introduce themselves and stuff like that. But I was like, well, this is fine. Yeah. Because I've got my chair. Yeah. And at one stage, a dude tried to sit in my chair, and there was a little bit of trouble and a small speech by me right. <laughs> about my affection for my chair and yeah. how I only wanted one thing from the guests that you know, were happy to be at my house, and yeah. I was very happy to have them here, and yeah. please things, you know, enjoy everything. However, things got chilling. One thing. One thing. I asked one thing. One thing and one, one request, and one request only. And you know what? It's a minor request. Yeah. You're like a father on on his daughter's Sicilian wedding, right? right? You're just sitting in the one place, people coming up, chatting to you. I'm I'm patting a a really masculine cat. I was thinking about this the other day, though. I'm a man of very simple pleasures. Yeah. And that is true. But I enjoy those. Like, I mean, there are things that I enjoy. Yeah. So, anyway, more updates on the chairs. <laughs> 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 to be honest, like, there's been conversations about them being thrown out, I would say, for about six months. And so I've really been doing some serious, like, sitting in them. Uh, but the more I sit in them, the more I feel like there's at least a slight reluctance to get rid of them and break my heart. So, yeah. We're fighting a winning battle, I think, at the moment for the chairs, but I don't, I, I, I fear, Justin, that it, we're getting towards, closer towards the end than, yeah. we, than we were towards the good times. Amy's just gonna have to do it, and you're just gonna have to come home and have a moment where you, you, you have a moment of being upset, and then you just have to accept. Mate. I can't be precious about these things. I'm yeah. away all the time. Yeah. Can you imagine the, the amount of energy I would need for the paranoia to be conscious about the fact that, like, at any stage, I could just come home and none of my shit would be there? Yeah. We have to have a trust, Justin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't notice for months. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the whole house is gone. Oh, my God. How did they do that with a semi? Yeah. <laughs> and they took the pool. Water and all. Oh, my God. I, uh, That'd be impressive. That'd be some bad skills. Yeah, no, those chairs will just disappear one day, and yeah, and and I I will just when I walk by them I will 
I mean, there were suggestions of shopping for new chairs, but... You know, I don't know, it's too soon, mate. It is too soon, but at the same time, I do like sitting in that spot also. Yeah. So, I don't know. Look, my only bit of advice yeah. is don't get new chairs and bring them over before the old chairs are gone. Oh, yeah. Because that would be cruel. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. That would be in very poor taste. Up hatery. Yeah. The, uh, that was a terrible pun, and I'd like to apologise for everything. <laughs> I'm not even sure it was a pun. I felt like it was just a couple of words. That's all right. Um, Are you apologising? <laughs> no. Oh, but I came in with you. Yeah. That's my friends do. <laughs> Thank you. I oh, and that's the it. thing about the chairs. There's two chairs. Even though mm. there's one that I favour, I enjoy the fact that often it means that I'm there with somebody you know that I enjoy talking to. They look nothing like the chairs, but emotionally they're the same chairs as Chandler and Joey in France. Right. They're, they're just, your equivalent. There's something special in those chairs. If I ever heard a TV talk show, I would love to do it in those chairs. Imagine just like even with the, the spiky bits, like and the towels. Yes. Like when the person comes in, I'd hang on, to, I've just got to get a towel. I put the towel down. <laughs> if I didn't know them very well, so, like sometimes I'll just get a big towel and put it across two chairs. Yeah. But then they come almost become one chair mm. um, with a weird arm thing in the middle. And that maybe that's maybe that's a bit too familiar for like people I don't know. So yeah. if I had like people over, I imagine I'm doing this by the way all at the house. <laughs> of course, right? I was about to say for people you really know, halfway through the interview, at some point, Winona will come and smell their crotch. And what I love, yeah. Oh my god, we could shoot it actually there. That yeah. would actually be quite a nice place. Maybe I'll shoot some um, uh, Willosophies. Like maybe get a oh, little yeah. camera and I could shoot because yeah. I'd like to shoot Willosophy in those chairs. That'd be kind of fun. And. Um, I could set it up out there. Keep the dogs in. I don't mind that. Um, but also, what we could do, if we want to add a bit of class to it, there's the piano right by the door that, like, out on... So you could open up that door and you could have, like, a... Get a pianist. A pianist in. Just a bit of yeah. background music. Keep it classy. But it, from the other room. You guys... I mean, you open the door. It's not... Yeah, it'll but, come through. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind... I mean, it's quietly it. nicely set up for that. I wouldn't mind a second shot where we get to see a little bit of him because I'd like to see you guys quite casual, but, you know, like thongs and all that kind of stuff, but he's in like a whole suit with white gloves and just smiling in the background. Oh, absolutely. Bring a bit of, yeah, bring a bit of class. Oh my God. We have to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just hang out. I mean, it'll be a terrible place to shoot because the swimming pool is right where your camera would want to be. Take all the water out. No, I think that we just get someone who's really good at like balancing on those like inflatable things in the pool. We'll get a seal. And they get, (laughs) let's get seal. (laughs) Let's get seal. (laughs) (laughs) Sang in a Batman movie. Uh, That'll be great. Right. Best Batman song, probably. Was it? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's a good one. I think it is. I kind of didn't mind the U2 one, I don't think. Oh, hold me, uh, hold me, hold me, kiss me, kill me, kill me. Yeah. You know what, when that, I did toy early on, like, you know, because I'm always looking for a wheel pun, so whenever anything becomes, like, big enough, I always think, could I call the show, hold me, kill me, thrill me, kiss me, will me, but I I, I couldn't remember the name of it enough, you know, like, I'd be like, I don't know, you know that show that I'm doing. (laughs) You too, Batman, You you guys get it, right? Yeah. You always want a poster to really grab an audience. And even if it's with confusion, it's going to work about something. Yeah. Uh, now, now, speaking of confusion, uh, I was very confused about what we watched oh, before. So th- how long have we talked for, by the way? We're on a mm-hmm. little bit of a time limit today because we're going to go and see... About uh, uh, 25 minutes, the Steve uh, Jobs movie. Steve Jobs movie. Mm. They've uh, made another one because I feel like what we really don't know enough about is the story of Steve Jobs. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be full of revelations. Yeah. Like, I, I personally, Justin, will be surprised 
if it turns out that Steve Jobs uh, was was quite an asshole. Yeah. And uh, really screwed a lot of people over yeah. and that he and Was started the company and he Was probably did most of the work. Yeah. Uh, and then, but, you know, uh, then Steve Jobs kind of, you know, he did this thing and then he reinvented this and then yeah. he was terrible and he didn't really admit he had a dog. Oh, that's right. We know every single thing there is to know about Steve Jobs. Yeah. Like there is no, he only died a couple of years ago and it's all everyone wrote about for years. Yeah. And there's been a whole other movie and there's been like a documentary series and a fucking TV show. And they all hit the exact same beats. I'd be, I'm going to be really interested if there's anything in this fucking film. And by the way, I like Aaron Sorkin and I, yeah, and I like um, Mikey Fass. Yeah, like you know. Well, well, there's there's two things I'm hoping for. One is I want to see that moment that he comes up with the agreements and terms, and I, I'm hoping that it's like a moment in a musical, you know, like a, like the Beach Boys or something about a band. You know, he one's playing the chord over here, another one, hey, what about if I do this? And then one plays the drums, and then suddenly you, you get that big hit. And I want to have him with a bunch of nerds when someone says, hey, you know what we should do? We should just put heaps of writing that no one will read. Oh, yeah, and then we could put accept or decline. And I want to see if that plays out like that so that's one thing i want to see i, I think you've what you've what you think you want to see is too small a vision justin you have just stumbled upon the movie that should have been fucking made we've already mm. seen the steve jobs story we mm. all know the fucking steve jobs story mm. anyone who wanted to see it saw the fucking ashton kutcher one and went yep that's the steve jobs story we all fucking know it people won't stop talking about the fucking steve jobs story every single person in the world who is interested in the steve jobs story that book was number one for fucking ever yeah and it was all in there everyone yeah. knows the fucking story right yeah but the thing that we all use every day the tight the terms and conditions the mm. thing that we all accept yeah we don't know what's in there. I've never read There's your fucking anything. challenge, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. If Aaron Sorkin had made a movie that was like a two-hour movie, one yeah. of his famous talkies, yeah. but the whole thing like, explained, yeah. like inspired by, not inspired by the life of Steve Jobs, inspired by the iTunes terms and conditions. And yeah. then at the end, we could all walk away. In fact, at the end, they could have a button on everybody's seat. And when you've seen the movie, you could right. either accept... Or decline, based on what you've just seen. We call it accept or decline. Accept or decline. Or terms and conditions. Terms and conditions is a pretty good name for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of the chapters. Um, That would be pretty amazing. And you could do it all in a two-hour movie in one walking shot. (laughs) Because that's what Sorkin's known for. And it's all the rage to do the one shot. Walk and talk. From start to finish. Yeah. The whole thing. The iTunes terms and conditions. The movie. Walk, walk and talk, the terms and conditions movie. I mean, that's like, funny title. come on, just fucking <laughs> sorking up that shit. Yeah. They would have won him an Oscar. Everyone yeah. would have gone and seen that because we all want to see, if they could present to us, the only reason we're not, we all think that we should know what we're signing up to. Right. Because we've all signed up to it. Yeah. Because we want the end result to a point where we're willing to sign a legal document that says, tick here to say you've read the iTunes terms and conditions. Yeah. And what we immediately do is lie about a fuck because none of us have read the fucking terms and conditions right. and so you couldn't yeah there's too many like yeah. it's an impossible task like by the time like you know you actually got through the terms and conditions the person you're trying to look up would be dead yes like it's it's too long i'd like to but put, if Aaron Sorker made a fucking right a movie about it i'd like to put a sweet ass challenge out there to uh, all those faux foppers um if someone who's very good at rap and some sweet beats can put that all into a song I would like I the don't iTunes have a prize. terms and conditions. Yeah, but I'd be pretty 
It'd be too much. It'd be a big rap. I mean, it'd be a big rap. (laughs) But that would be so... It'd be... It'd be nice if we you could do that. We just need an easier way to understand it. Make it yeah. easier. We yeah. want to understand it, but yeah. don't make it so difficult. Yeah. And we all just fucking accept it. We all accept it's it. It's crazy. I'd love to go through it and find things like, you know, in very small writing. Sometimes the thing that works really well will sometimes not re- work really well. And, ah, oh, well, yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> How, sometimes, oh, sometimes you'll update because you'll get so sick of the thing saying, please update, yeah. and you'll lose all your contacts. Yeah. It, and in really big letters, it's there. Yeah. This is in big letters. It says that next to it. This is in big letters and no one's ever read it. Yeah, it actually well, explains got... everything. Yeah. Every six months we will bring out a version of the phone that is slightly better than the version you have with enough new key features that makes you resent the old phone that you have. But yeah. stuff that we really probably could have put on the one that came out six months ago and we could have just waited a year and put out a brand new one when we actually have shit to update it with. Yeah. It's just there. In yeah. the terms and conditions. Yeah. Uh, why are you guys bit... They're, they're really confused at iTunes because they think everyone's reading the terms and conditions. Right, right. So they're like, um, why are these people complaining uh, that they had to line up for hours uh, out the front to get their brand new iPhones? We clearly write that in the terms and conditions. Why are these people so miserable that we're getting rid of the headphone jack and they're all going to have to get new phones? We clearly wrote it in the terms and conditions and they all read it and they all agreed with it. I mean... Yeah. We're open to feedback. If someone wrote us back and went, we don't like point forty-three a we're happy to individually negotiate each person's iTunes contract experience. Yeah. yeah. I reckon we... I think we've even found another layer to it. Imagine if in this exploration of it, of this one take of him explaining the terms and conditions, yeah. what you don't realise, you're going subtly back in time and the actor, the, you know, kind of get younger until we get to the very first time they had that conversation and you realise that the first idea for it was a very simple sentence, which was, look, sometimes this shit's not going to work and we'll do our best, but to be honest, we're flying by the seat of our pants. And no one read that. And so they tried to explain that and they tried to explain that and they tried to explain that and that's why it's so long now. And that would be a sweet bit of irony at the end. (laughs) When we reach the start and realise, oh, we could have stopped this. It will be like Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh my god, we could have done something. About we could this. have declined all along. Oh, you bastards. <laughs> the second thing I'm hoping with the film is I want to see the moment that Michael Fassbender has an excuse to whip his cock out. Oh yeah. Because he's mad for it. And I just want to know how he's going to squeeze it into the Steve Jobs story. Uh, I mean, when they release the, the iCock. Right. The iCock yeah. 6S. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got the last opera. Oh, no, it's not as fast. Like, I've seen that other film that he was in. It was like a 9S or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so what did you think of the trailer to The Suicide Squad? Yeah, this is what I was asking you. So what time is it now? Because we're going to go... This is where we got to... It's 5.33. Okay, okay. The number of the beast. That's all right. We've still got uh, 27 minutes. Um, So... uh, I said, let's talk about this straight away, and then, of course, we haven't talked about it straight away. 33 minutes. So. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Nando. Uh, all right. So, uh, we, we just watched the new trailer for. Let me, let okay. me, you g- let me give you something. Okay. Uh, so we watched the, uh, the new trailer for Suicide Squad. Now, I'm a bit of a man of steel apologist because the first time I saw it was when I took mum overseas for a 60th and our friends snuck us into a, a private, private screening with Leonard Moulton and all of those guys. And because I once met Zack Snyder and he was very nice, I'm, 
I'm a bit of an apologist of that film. There's bits that I really like and the bits that I don't really like, I kind of go, no. Anyway, so the trailers have come out for Batman Superman. And, and people I'm an, know my opinions. <laughs> right, I know. That's why I'm bringing it up. So I, you know, I'm an optimistic moviegoer. Like, I'll see the best in it. And uh, look, yeah, it looks terrible. I, terrible. I can't be, I I mean, can't be honest terrible. to myself anymore. I mean, I'm going to go and see it. Oh, I'll see it twice. Yeah, but it <laughs> looks terrible. I hope it's not. So do I. I really do. This is the thing that I need to point out constantly because sometimes people think when I'm negative about mm. how terrible I think it's going to be. I, I, I'm only, like, I want things to be good. Oh, I, I take absolutely no joy in them being terrible. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I would love to come out of that and just say, you know what? I don't know why they used the two worst bits to highlight Jesse Eisenberg, but he was fantastic. Right, yeah. But it, there's a distinct possibility that will be the only time you ever hear that sentence. <laughs> I mean, I saw this movie that he was in the other night, which was such a fucking great idea for a movie that I thought wasn't that great executed. I can't remember what it was called. Not American Ultra. Yes, American Ultra. By Max Landis. Oh, he's the the uh, the zombie X. The no, he, Max Landis. He's the he zombie. Did, uh, the... He did Chronicle. Yeah, he wrote Chronicle. Uh, yeah, didn't he do like some some? Did he do Zombie Land? Did he? No, not Zombie Land. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's unimportant to this story. Yeah, um, what a great idea! So basically, it's Jason Bourne, but mm. Jason Bourne's like a stoner. Mm. Like, I mean, really, that's probably the pitch. Instead of waking up as Jason Bourne, like yeah. suddenly this fucking you know massive waste of life stoner has yeah. those Jason Bourne undercover secret talents. That's what a fucking hilarious. Like, concept for a movie. Mm. And I just thought it was fine. There were some bits of it that were good. Yeah. Like just the whole time, I was like, this is such a good premise, and now you've done it, mm. and you've ruined it. Like, this is such a good premise. Yeah. Why couldn't you have made it good? Because it would have been so easy to make good. Yeah. And it's not good. Yeah. I went to that Grant Morrison con in Las Vegas, and he he did a couple of appearances, and I found him to be so annoying I got up and walked out of one of the bits that he was on because he was so overbearing and had an inability to realise that maybe he wasn't the most interesting person on the stage that it, it retrospectively ruined Chronicle for me and I couldn't watch it again and now I can't bear the thought of watching any of his work. Well, you've you've dodged a bullet because it would nothing but frustrate you. Yeah. I so wanted it to be good. Yeah. And I kept with it. Yeah. And I don't mind Kristen Stewart. I know everybody, it's very fashionable to hate her, but like I actually think that she's she's pretty fun. And there's actually a couple other people in the movie who are really fun. There's some good performances and stuff. But yeah. He made that Frankenstein, where uh, the new one with James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe as Franken- uh, Victor Frankenstein and Radcliffe as uh, Eagle. Oh, yeah, and he's right. got a hump and they drain it. And then, oh, they're all hot. <laughs> Yeah, I what up with that? Let's let's stop letting him do stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not into him. Uh, Amy and I tried to watch that Joel Edgerton movie that you know that he directed. Oh, the gift. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't keep watching it because he his character looked too much like Reese Darby in Flight of the Concords. Oh <laughs> shit! It it's like a masculine version. Oh. You know what? I'm so glad you didn't tell me that because I saw that movie and didn't think of that once. But in hindsight, it looks it's on the money. It looks exactly like him. It's like this guy's just like, who should I be like? Yeah, like Reese Darby's character in Flight of the Concords, Murray. It's like if Reece and I'm like, well, once you see it, punch on. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. You oh. literally can't enjoy it because you're like, why is he come? Is he going to a fancy dress party? Like, are they doing a flood of the Concords thing? 
I did not think that, and I'm so glad because I really enjoyed that film. <laughs> I thought it was a cracker. I mean, I thought I would enjoy it. I like Joel a lot, and like the yeah, things they awesome. make are normally pretty good. So, but ah, uh, look. To be honest, like it's hilarious, <laughs> but you and Amy let yourselves down <laughs> inadvertently. Right. Um, uh, okay, so we just watched the trailer. Mm. Uh, okay, so you explain a little bit more about what you've got to explain, because then I can wander the fridge and get a drink, and then uh, and then I'll come back and we can talk about you know what the trailer. Uh, the trailer. So hang on, what am I explaining? I'm explaining the. I, just, I mean, you know what what we saw. Yeah. Uh, so it you know it so it starts off. I had a real roller coaster ride with the choice of music. And uh it starts off uh with the beginning of Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's uh it's the is this a real life, is this just fantasy? So it's all kind of slowed down and quiet. And some of those scenes uh, you know, they're bad guys. Yeah, they're the worst. You know, it was all a bit. Oh, Mate, oh, my it's, teeth. It's, it's every trailer that you see at the moment. This is just your fucking superhero trailer move. Mm. You slow down shit that they do yep. in the movie, and you play some ironic fucking yep. song, like slow song over the top of the. But they've they've pulled the same trick because they did, the first one had I started a joke, right? So and it's but it's the same as the Avengers one that had like. Uh, the yeah, old time singing yeah. and like in the music and like, There's but there's been, on me. but yeah, but yeah. it's like basically the same fucking trailer. Yeah, like in that style. In that clearly style. that's the style. Yeah. By the way, I don't mind that style to watch. No. It's very busy, like at the time, visually pleasing. And in sometimes I think I'll probably enjoy watching that trailer maybe more than I'll enjoy watching that film because it's it's like a wrestling promo. Yes, that's what it's like. Yeah, I'll play some big song. Like, it's like, you know, fucking Evanescence wouldn't have got work without the wrestling. Yeah. You know, yeah. like those power kind of, like, whatever you call that sort of music, you just perfect to work over the top of guys, like, jumping off each other and smashing into tables and whatever to make it look more poetic than guys just smashing into each other off tables. Yeah. And that's what that, like, those what is that promos. Power emo or something. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not called that. It's not power emo. I know what, Down whatever it is called. I'm 43. It's not called power emo. <laughs> uh, let's start it. I'll get my, I'll get my Mexican uh, emo. Ben, Hispanic yeah. at the disco. Um, <laughs> any any opportunity to squeeze it in, folks? But um, but then and then, old in, mate actually must be upset that they're not. I mean, he'd be they'd be massacred. But Jared Leto is in one of those sort of bands. Thirty seconds. Oh yeah. Mars. Do you think he keeps pitching? Going, hey guys, I'm yeah. like. You know what the problem was? He was in character as the Joker, and yeah. he was trying to pitch him, and they were going, he is freaking me out. Stop giving me dead rats. But uh, but when the craziest thing the Joker says in the whole movie is how into 30 seconds to Mars yeah, is. Fuck, that is mental. Uh, I don't care how pretty he is. The, the, when, when it kind of, you know, the, 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 the big part of uh, the song, though, I thought edited with the images quite nicely, and it suggested uh, maybe a little bit more knowing humour but then the way it finished anyway look I don't know how I feel about it I wasn't really too thrilled but I reckon Margot Robbie looks great (laughs) okay so I disagree with what you're saying um about Margot Robbie oh really uh, and I think she's great, by the way. Mm. I saw that uh, horrible Will Smith film they did with our, you know, the oh, Drifters, yeah. that film. Yeah. But I love those sort of films. That's like you do. my guilty pleasure is like some yeah. sort of con or movie or some sort of long con movie. I love yeah. all that shit. And um, 
Focus, it was called. Focus, yeah. And you know, it's just like, it's, it's almost like an old fashioned movie. He's teaching it's like her a high school Yeah, but she's, who's ripping off who? And, yeah. You know, I, I, that's, you know, and you're, you're always going to get me to see that sort of movie. And so. I'm not necessarily a fan of Will Smith, but when I see him in a movie, I usually enjoy him. Mate, he is, I, he's a movie star. He's a movie star. And I, to be honest, like him in this sort of role. Mm. I don't necessarily love him, you know, trying too hard at acting anymore. Right. I, at the start, I loved her Six Degrees of Separation, mm. and I thought he was so good in that, and I thought he was actually going to be a really good, good actor. But I think now he's so big a movie star. He's Will Smith so much that, like, whatever he tries to do, he always feels a bit like, you know... Yeah. Like, this is great, because this is just kind of, like, a bit, you know, un- he's an untrustworthy... Like, yeah, really fucking charming man, which is kind of what you suspect Will Smith might be as well. So, <laughs> so he's playing himself. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but he nails it, you know, and I like, yeah. I, I like him with that. Yeah. So you don't I just Margo feel like good? the Margot, I feel like it's too comic. Like, you know, oh, it feels like a, it's a bit, you know what I mean? Like the jokes mm. aren't, I mean, I know they're not meant to be joke jokes, but they're I don't think quite they're quite enough. funny enough, you know? Like, I agree for, with that. For her, Mm. Like that, there's that line, and again, it might be they may have just cut a line in half for the fucking promo or whatever. But there's that that line where she's like, uh, "The voices, I oh know it's something like uh, kill, uh, the voices in my head that tell me to kill you all. Uh, don't be silly. That's not what my voice is saying. Yeah. It's, it's just a little bit clumsy. Yeah, and that's not. I think it's even more clumsy than that. Yeah, because I think she starts with kill everyone and escape. Or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. No, oh, that's just what the voices in my head told me. No, they didn't tell me that. Yeah. They say, whatever. And you're like... Oh. Yeah, it should have been... Like, like I get the... I kind of get what you're trying to do. It's almost there, but it should have been... Uh, you should hear what they really say. Right. That's more chilling. Right. Hollywood, um, I'm right here. On the lounge. This, the grey one. I just... <laughs> yeah, I mean... And, I mean, this Jared Leto... Um, Joker. Like, action Joker. There's some aspects of the action Joker that I don't mind. It feels like, you know, mm. there's that kind of scene of him, like, diving off the yeah. thing and, like, whatever. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind the idea of, like... I mean, one of the haunting things about the Joker has always kind of been, like, in the movie portrayals particularly, mm. is this idea that he's always got a stillness about him really you don't ever like even the Jack Nichols one had a kind of like a older statesman stillness oh, and, yeah, yeah. you know like the Heath Ledger thing had a real sort of like saunt like you know when he's coming out of the hospital and oh, when he's yeah. in the gang scent. like there's never yeah. a sense of being particularly I mean with the even at the start like you know in the bank the scene movements. it's all just kind of planned and like mm. just to go there's no sort of sense of like urgency or rush or whatever mm. um but I don't mind the idea of like a, like if you're going to go it, like in a different direction, that sort of if there's an action sort of joke, I don't mind that. But there's mm. some other shit that looks. The Joker and Batman are big enough characters that they can. That what what makes them interesting is that they are open to interpretation within the confines of the character. Yeah, I agree. So there's so there is quite. I agree. I, I like that he's kind of. I like that kind of. Uh, looks like he could be all right in a fight, kind of Joker thing. Um, but then there's just some other things where you go, yeah. Well, the other... <laughs> I know that's really inarticulate. I mean, the main problem I have with this, and I do not want to bag... Like, I mean, I hate when... I mean, you don't have to universally love everybody, um, you know, when you're from a country. Like, mm. it's not like just because someone's from Australia, I need to automatically universally love this person. But at the same time, 
You're a bit like that. I am a bit like that. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I say this next thing that I'm going to say with no malice. And I honestly don't mean no malice because I actually think this actor, I think is a, is a, is, is a fine actor and could probably be a very good actor if somebody gave him the right thing. But I've just seen him do a lot of things when people haven't given him the right thing and they've just like, and he's just almost there. Like I call him like, uh, I don't know, protagonist or like, you know, he's just there to make up the numbers. Jai Courtney. Like, oh, right. I, Jai Courtney is in everything. Yeah. And it's almost a sign that it's not going to be good. Like, Jai Courtney is like some new fashionable, like, herb that's suddenly in everything that you don't like. Like, if you don't oh, like coriander and yeah. then suddenly everything has fucking coriander in it. That's my mum. Your mum. Hates coriander. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you're right. Okay. I was yeah. mean, yeah, that all checked out. Yeah. <laughs> my brain went somewhere else. But <laughs> My mum's Jai Courtney. <laughs> no, but, you know, like, I mean, and obviously... Like, it's very fashionable to, you know, put Jai Courtney in something. Yeah. And I think that Jai Courtney always does a fine enough job. But has Jai Courtney ever been... He's, Jai Courtney's been in everything, but I'm not sure that he's been in anything good. I thought he put in a really good effort in that Terminator film, and that Terminator Mate, film was not very good. tries hard. I mean, yeah. probably why he's getting so much work. Yeah. He, try, he looks like a movie star. He looks like one. And he tries hard, and he rocks up. Yeah, but you know what I'd like he, to see? Has he? What's he been great in, and what has been great that he's in? I'd like to see Jai Courtney and Army Hamner in a remake of Sea of Love, and they get that good script that finally and Ryan Reynolds. Let's let's put the three of them in it and really get them back on track. Has Jai Courtney been in an actual war movie, like like a proper like? If someone put him in one of those, like you know, Zero Dark Thirties or something mm. like that, he could probably do something more like World that. World War Two. Put him in Dunkirk. Put him in the new Nolan film. I mean, he gets, he's in everything. Yeah. Give him, give him a leg up. He's just, I don't know. Anyway. He's Aussie. He, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I know. I'm sure he's like a real nice guy. Yeah. And we want him to succeed. I want him to fucking, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. And plus, I'm he, seeing like eight movies a year that he's in, so. Right. It'd be better if I was seeing eight better movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> give a man a break. But the, um, uh, I'm guessing he's playing Captain Boomerang, which seems like he gets to use an Aussie accent, so maybe that will be. I mean, I haven't Something seen... That, you know, so far, we haven't really seen the comedy of Joe Courtney, mm. you know? So maybe that, that's the ace that he has up his sleeve. Maybe yeah. maybe he's like, you know, Eric Banner. We yeah. always, like... That's such a, like, weird slow burn with Eric Banner. Because I always thought when he went to... Because for people who listen from overseas who don't know this, I think most people are familiar with this now, but Eric Banner was a very funny... Sketch, famous sketch comedian yeah. in Australia, known yeah. as being a, like a funny, funny guy. Yeah. Brilliant mimic, yeah. great characters, but just like a, like a genuinely beloved, like comic actor in this country. Mm. And then he did Chopper and then he went to Hollywood and just made serious movies. Right. And, and it was amazing. And it was always like that thing of going, well, I got it at the start. I was like, oh, well, I think he's probably just going, I'll do serious to establish my credentials for that. Yeah. And then, like, you know, when I want to, I can always flick this. Like, I've always imagined that Eric Banners had, like, the comedy up his sleeve. Because if Hollywood ever saw, like, Oh, he was our Will Ferrell or whatever. Like you can yeah. put him in Judd Apatow movies. Well, he every, was. or Adam McCoy, like yeah, but not being funny. But oh, I thought he was pretty funny. Yeah, but like his role wasn't. Oh, like, yeah. They didn't give him a comic role. Like yeah. I mean, yes, he was in Funny People. Yeah, but he was, and he was funny in it. 
And he was funny in it, but, it, but it's but not you, like a comic a, role. Yeah, as put in him like, opposite Will Ferrell. Like, they'll blow people's minds. Put him in minds. fucking Anchorman. You know what it'd be like? It'll be like Jeff Daniels opposite Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Mate, they you should know do, when everyone went, They yeah, should Jeff do Daniels. Anchorman Down Under. Anchor Down Under. Right, and it's like one of those Man. things where, like, because all those, like, Americans might not know this, but the, we used to always get, like, episodes of TV shows or yeah. whatever. It would be like Quincy Down Under. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Love Boat. The Love Boat Down Love Boat Under. Came yeah. <laughs> That was a big day. Right. So we could do one of the, that'd be a great Anchorman like, sequel, like the Anchorman down under. And it's like Ron Burgundy comes to Australia for some reason. And yeah. like, you know, the, the, his big rival is Eric, played by Eric Banner. Yeah. And he, he's, he becomes a hero because he just finds that, <laughs> that time of, uh, of Australian culture. Oh, you know what he's the setup at the start is? It's like, uh, Ron. People in America are sick of your chauvinistic 70s ways. Ron's like, I've got to find a place where those ways are still accepted and celebrated. Yeah, yeah. And someone's like, you got to go to Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, anyway, oh, look, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed parts of it, and then there were parts that I wasn't, I wasn't sure about. But, you know, once again, I'll probably see it twice. <laughs> I reckon it looks better than the Batman Superman. Mm, I mean, yeah. I, I I watched that trailer and I was like, I don't think I'm going to love this movie, but I'm I think like you know it's a good idea for a film. Yeah. Like and it's like it's you've got a bunch of bad people assembling, so you've got to see at least some people doing some bad shit and then kind of doing some good shit. That yeah, that seems like seems, that'll be fun. It also seems like a proper roll of the dice from them. Like it feels like you know, like it's not Wonder Woman. It's not. You know, the Flash or that. They've, they've kind of gone, it's, it's a relatively, in the comic world, people know it, but it's an obscure title. When it was, when it first started in the 80s, which it seems like the, uh, type they're basing it on, it was, you know, it was pretty, pretty gritty for a kid's comic. I reckon that's actually what they're doing smart now. This is one of the things, like, I think that because we're seeing so many comic book movies now, um, People are starting to get like real, and like you know how this kind of. I mean, now that Spider Man, you know, maybe will be made well, and yeah. Spider Man will start to appear in some shit that we can actually like, you know, enjoy. Then mm. people get enthusiasm about it again. But mm. I reckon it's those smaller characters where people now get comic book genre yeah. so well. I reckon that's why Ant Man did well, even though Ant Man was fine at best. Yeah, these people are like. Well, I know how comic books work now, so I can go and see Ant-Man. Yeah. And it's not going to be foreign to me. No. And it's the same with um, Leg- Legends of Tomorrow, that they're doing the yeah. Flash and uh, Arrow spin-off. Yeah. Again, really obscure. I mean, they introduce a lot of those people through those two series. But, but it's still, still obscure. You've still got the obscure. Atom, Rip Hunter. And I it looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things where you're like, I actually think I'll enjoy this a lot because... Man, those guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, they, they really know what they're doing. They put, like, DC's really nailing it on TV. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, in, the, in the movies, you just go, oh, you have such iconic characters. Like, like I love the character of Superman. Like, when he's done well, he's a, he's a cracking character. I know that you like Superman, so tell me why you like Superman. Because I, I just don't. Uh, when he's, for me, when he's written well, what I like about yeah, him is... Yeah, what's good about him? He's always, he's, it's not that he is the best, he's always trying his best, and good writers always play on that aspect of it, and then, the way you, the way, you, of course you want a little bit of fucking punch on, on but, uh, you, you gotta put him in moral conundrums. And so the good stories put him in moral conundrums where he has to, you know, think his way through as well while trying to do his best. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, well, absolutely. But that's, yeah. like, that's literally the thing that Zack Snyder missed in the first Superman film. 
Yeah. Like that whole film was putting him in physical like situations where, and that have no, having no consequence of what the like all you got to do is Superman in the middle of like you know New York or fucking Metropolis or whatever the fuck you you know yeah. meant to be in these movies is like put someone genuinely in danger and have, have Superman have to like uh, choose between fighting the bad guy yeah. and saving like a busload of people or blah 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 blah. Look, That's like it's classic Superman shit. Here's one scene I change in that film and I can almost change the majority of the context. In the scene where the tornado hits and his dad tells him to go back and he goes to get the dog, instead of Kevin Costner for some reason using the force and holding him back, why not have that bridge start to collapse on all the people there and he has to hold it up to save all of the people and his father goes in that moment. So then the the narrative is, with all this power, and I can help so many people but I couldn't even save my father. Right. So there's your for you know, boom. I mean, that is the point in the movie. If you were going to go back and fix one point, like just go, oh, hang on, we took the wrong door here. Yeah. Uh, like it's just the craziest take on, I just don't know what they were thinking. Mm. Like what they were hoping that scene achieved. It went against everything that Superman's meant to be about. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Yeah. I would change that before the cracking of the neck of Zod. Mate, if you change that, he never would have cracked fucking Zod's neck in the first place. Or he would have, and you would have got why. Because he, you realise that he learnt very early on about the, like, that you have to, like, sacrifice, you know. Sometimes you have to sacrifice, you know, like... And plus, Zod's a fucking alien. It's not It's not killing a human. Well... It's like fucking, like, a couch, like, you, you drop a couch on another couch, and it breaks that other couch... Well, that's not, like, fucking murder. Yeah. That's couch-on-couch crime at best. Yeah, I mean, right. couch lives matters, but... Right. Like, but my point being that it's you can't judge it the same way. What happens in space fucking stays in space. That's right. alien rules, mate. Yeah. On Krypton, who knows? Maybe you're allowed to fucking snap people's necks. Well... I don't want Superman... I don't want people coming to this fucking planet, mate, and then snapping <laughs> fucking human necks with their super skills, because how the fuck can we trust that shit? Yeah. You know what? He seems good now... But he doesn't seem to integrate. Why is he hiding all the time? Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. he's got this secret. He's got two passports. I mean, yeah. there's a lot not to trust about this fucking super being who is amongst us, right? Yeah. We, but he's got a moral code that we can feel comfortable with, which yeah. is he doesn't snap human necks. Yeah. Mate, whatever he wants to do with whoever fucking flies here trying to fuck us up, more power to him. Right. We grew here. He super flew here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, well, you know, what I would Mate, do is... if he wants it, to fit in, perfectly mate, fine to have him here. Yeah, that'll be great. But otherwise, fuck off, we're full. Yeah, so without a doubt. But, you know, like, you could have, uh, you, you know, imagine his uh, having all that power, not being able to save his dad, but save all of those people. And if right towards the end, you know, he just unleashed a super punch that accidentally killed Zod, and then he also learns the lesson... Man, I need to be careful with this power as well because out of control I could do some damage, which then would, you know, help explain the next movie when, you know, Batman seems to be able to go toe to toe with him because he's kind of holding back a little bit. No, I reckon it's, I honestly reckon he's, he can't, he can't kill humans. But oh, if you right, can yeah. kill, like, I mean, seriously though, because yeah. how much fun does that make it then? Because right. what you get to see, because the thing about Superman that was always a bit disappointing is you don't really get to see him kill anyone. Like, I know that everyone was like really upset because Superman doesn't kill people, but we don't care about Superman not killing, like, aliens. What we care about is Superman, like, think about this, like, at the heart of the story, the reason we like Superman is we know that he could destroy us all, but he chooses not to every day. We admire that about him. He has a code that says, I will not kill a human being. Yeah. 
But as a, like a enjoyer of like a guy with superpowers, don't you want to sometimes see him fuck shit up? I'm yeah. happy for him to kill aliens. I reckon the rule of super, he should be like Dexter. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like Dexter where he can only kill like, you know, evil aliens. That's not, yeah. cause, you know, maybe life and murder and shit isn't the same on there. It's jurisdictions, mate. Right. That would be interesting. Like to see some stuff explode. Right, but just killing yeah. evil aliens and shit. Yeah. That'd be awesome, because then Superman could have proper fights trying to kill, but yeah. not humans. Yeah. And then, then the alien knows that his weakness is human beings. It always right. plays back to that. So the right. alien's always putting in humans in, you know, oh, so good. Yeah. Hollywood, we are right here. I mean, seriously, guys. I'm on the grey land. Super Dexter. Yeah, <laughs> Super Dexter. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing uh, time check. What's the time? Oh, five fifty-eight. Okay. Oh shit. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. There we go. Well, you better, you better not get into that story because no. uh, we have to go to the movies. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> we have to find out if uh, at any stage Steve Jobs did the wrong thing by Steve Wozniak. Yeah, and and flopped his chop out for no reason. Starring Seth Rogen as Steve Wozniak. Oh yeah, good casting. Yeah, Maybe that's good that. casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, Justin, you yeah. have shows. Plug yes. them. Oh, I am going to be in Perth for the twenty second to the twenty seventh of January with a brand new show, and then I will be at the Adelaide Fringe from the last day in. Feb uh, for the first week of March, and then uh, three Saturdays, Melbourne Comedy Festival. Shelf? Uh, and that'll be on the, the three Mondays. There yeah. you go. Uh, Fire at Will, my new show, uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, and uh, Melbourne are all on sale at the moment. Brisbane in particular uh, is selling very well. So if you are in Brisbane and want to come and see the show, I'd get in quick on that one. Uh, but, you know, please buy tickets in Adelaide and Melbourne as well. Um, Perth is the first week of May. Oh, I'm doing it uh, at Meltdown in LA, April 20. So if you're going over for Coachella or if you live in LA, uh, but if you're going over Coachella, it's actually in the week. It's on like the Thursday night in between the the two Coachella weekends. Oh, so cool. There may be heaps of Aussies around, so I will uh, put the link up when we have a link for that, but uh, keep that in your diaries as well. April 20, first week of May in uh, Perth and <clears throat> Sydney Opera House, April 7. Oh, yeah, two uh, shows. Justin Hamilton will be doing support for me uh, yeah. as we go back to the concert hall. Um, uh, so that is that night, uh, one night only, uh, Sydney Opera House Concert Hall, April 7. Uh, it will be on sale, I think, from the 27th or the 28th or something like that. So uh, coming up soon, and I'll post that everywhere. Um, oh, uh, this podcast brought to you by our subscribers on Patreon. So uh, if you like the podcast and you want to subscribe and help us out with it, uh, patreon.com slash T-O-F-O-P, TOFOP. So uh, check that out too. Justin Hamilton, let's go and see a movie. Sounds good.